I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. There's only one thing in our lives that we're never able to reacquire once it's gone. And I'm not talking about money, I'm not talking about material items, I'm talking about time. And it's such a unique concept, unique idea, because when utilized correctly, it contains the ingredients to success, to happiness, to growth, prosperity, all the things we want. But at the very same time, if neglected, it leaves us with very little. Because the truth is, every morning when you wake up, you are living minutes you will never get back. Hey everybody, I'm Kamar. I love making video games and that's why I got started building games because I realized that I can use my coding skills to create immersive entertainment. It's such a blessing because I grew up loving math. I grew up loving building, solving puzzles. And the coolest thing is that we design with social experiences in mind. Zombie Sprint is an immersive augmented reality video game with over five hours of gameplay. And it's designed to get us moving. when you find yourself at a crossroads knowing where your heart and where your passions lie but also knowing that what you're currently doing isn't going to get you there do you stick to the easy route and maintain the status quo or do you listen to that inner sense of self-direction and follow your dreams on today's episode we hear from an up-and-coming entrepreneur as he details how with a semester left to graduate he took an extended leave of absence in order to try his entrepreneurial hand in the tech ecosystem this is the Audacity Project. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Audacity Project. I'm your host, Adrian Abrams. And today we have a very, very special guest who's actually only in the area for a short amount of time, but uh, this is someone that I've known for a couple of years now and have like quite the admiration for and my respect has grown for them uh, tremendously over the years. And so with that being said, Kamar Mack, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, it's great to be here. Fantastic. How you living, bro? You know, I'm living great. I'm really I'm really feeling great right now. Um, Adrian was referencing that I'm out here in the Bay for um, about four days or so. Uh, for a really cool interview with uh, Startup Accelerator Y Combinator, so I'm I'm hype. I remember I got the email. It was like they they sent well they sent the email at about ten Pacific time, but I was uh, on the East Coast and got it you know late into the night, and I was just running around. Woke my parents up, so yeah, it was really cool. Oh snap! Okay, and and what is Y Combinator for the folks that don't know? So basically, they they give out 150k. Uh, to 200 companies twice a year. So basically, if you come to them with a, a fully developed like startup idea or even like a, something on a napkin and they rock with it, they'll just cut you a check and then coach you up. So yeah, uh, it, it's a real cool opportunity to interview with them. Wow, okay. Well, before we get into <laughs> yeah. like all, all, all that good stuff um, and, and what's got you geeked out here, uh, Kamar, I'd love to take it back to the beginning. Uh, again, I'm very appreciative to have you on the show today um, and just talk about the journey in which you've had thus far. Uh, but before we get into some of the uh, imperative and paramount parts of the story, um, talk me through, like, like who is Kamar Mack? What do we need to know? Uh, what, what are some of those intrinsic values that we wouldn't be able to see externally? For sure. Yeah. 
So, uh, like Adrian said, my name is Kamar Mack. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, went to high school called Memphis University School. Um, I have a lot of uh, pride for Memphis, and it really kind of shaped uh, the man I am today. And Adrian and I actually met at Georgetown, where mm -hmm. uh, I studied computer science and math and philosophy. And yeah, like the things that make me me, um, I just I like to have fun. I really I really enjoy it. Uh, kind of immersing myself in you know passion projects and really trying to you know push myself to be the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy like good food and good time with friends like uh i think about you know anybody who knows me from georgetown knows i really enjoy hosting so like the couple times in my life where i've had you know the uh, pleasure of like having a house like at georgetown or um wherever like i really enjoy hosting parties so i think i call myself like a uh, introvert and an extrovert because mm -hmm. i'm very i'm not i'm not by any means shy but also at the same time like i like to i don't know i guess you know, have have some alone time. Like sometimes I might just go and trap out the computer lab for a long time. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think uh, overall, you know, I'm just a just a kid out here trying to make it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, nah, I resonate. I, I I definitely vibe with it, man. Um, and it, it's interesting that in, in describing yourself, you talk a lot about Georgetown in that. Um, and as Kamar said, that that's our mutually shared uh school that we attended. And so I, I would love to get into that a little bit in terms of like, why do you wear Georgetown on your sleeve in that sense? Like what led into your factor to even choosing Georgetown? For sure. Yeah. So I got to Georgetown in 2015 and as I was, so more context. So my kind of high school experience was really centered around math. Mm -hmm. Like I, for a long time thought that I was going to major in math and, and go on to, to, I don't know, like do something with it. Uh, but, <laughs> um, junior year, I, I like got interested in coding and then senior year took a full out, full on coding class. So I knew like, okay, like I definitely want to study this in college, but at the same time, I wasn't fully on, like on board with the idea of going to like a full on engineering program mm -hmm. because I wanted to be in a place around, around other people who weren't necessarily engineers or didn't necessarily, you know, think about things quantitatively and, and kind of just immerse myself in that diversity. So Georgetown was one of the schools that stood out. I also got a chance to uh, talk to one of my high school friends named Nicole, who I did a couple of clubs with, and she was telling me about just like the student initiative at Georgetown mm. and how you got, you know, just groups of kids that will run like entire, you know, 50, 100 person organizations like as just a student org. And I and, you know, just as I as I was thinking about my career trajectory, like what gives me energy, what I want to do long-term mm -hmm. is definitely entrepreneurial mm. in terms of, you know, starting, starting a business, scaling a business. Like, I know that, you know, the types of skills I need to be successful at that really come down to just my initiative, teamwork, uh, my ability to like build culture. And so Georgetown stood out kind of on all those fronts. And then last but not least, like I mentioned that, you know, I grew up in Memphis and I love Memphis and for college, I, wanted to challenge myself to branch out and go to a new city like out of the mm -hmm. south and dc was a good middle ground because my dad and stepmom uh rather my dad and bonus mom uh live out in southern maryland so you know i kind of have a home away from home okay gotcha that, that's really dope uh, like tidbit that's really dope that uh you corrected it from stepmom to bonus mom i've never heard yeah. that before no nah, for real yeah shout out to mama sean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so when you Talk about all these different things that attracted you about Georgetown, such as the student initiative, um, being a nice breeding ground to cultivate your entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, take me through just some of the things that you were involved with on campus and hey, everything. Because <laughs> because <laughs> I I'm really trying to think about it. So yeah yeah, go ahead get get the folks a, a list of what what you were involved in. Oh man, okay. Well, so I so I was just shoot. I mean, if you, if, if you know kind of like the Georgetown culture, like it's very, you just got, it's just a lot of type A people. Mm -hmm. And like, especially my freshman year, I like, I was that kid. Um, I remember, uh, for example, we had the like student involvement fair where all the clubs were table. Like I wore a full suit and tie to that. Oh, wow. Like I was, I was really just like that extra freshman. And <laughs> I think that was a, a good sense of like kind of what, Georgetown would look like for me so I applied to live on the entrepreneurship floor my freshman freshman year mm -hmm. so that was the first like kind of introduction to the just startup community at Georgetown so 
they I got to get really close with Jeffrey, who runs the entrepreneurship program. I got to uh, you know compete in pitch competitions as a freshman, and all all these different things, just because that was our entire floor. And then I also uh, got really involved with uh, like the um, the student association, so GUSA. And my freshman year, we were really doing a lot of like off-campus advocacy in the in the specific place that I was in. So we we would go down to like D.C. City Council and like advocate for um, educational uh, educational grants and all these different things. And then my sophomore year, I became an Alpha. Uh, shout out to the new Beta chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, uh, which is one, also more context. One of the uh, kind of touch points between me and Adrian and how Adrian, you know, just kind of uh, brought me into that fold too and so yeah just kind of leading into my sophomore year those were the biggest things that I got involved in and then I mean I just really got uh, I really dove into student association and ran for student body president sophomore year so then you know that that took the bulk of my sophomore through tail into junior year gotcha yeah and so when you talk so you just listed out a lot of yeah, things and I think you're also like leaving some things off of the table as well. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And so when, so, <laughs> so as me and like, as a listener hearing all the different activities that you were part of, uh, give me uh, just insight into your self sense of self-direction at that time. Like, why were you choosing to do all of these different things? Like what was the rhyme and reason behind those uh, aforementioned actions? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess more context on what I was hoping to get from Georgetown coming in, and then that'll contextualize like kind of where we're at now. Mm -hmm. When I first got to Georgetown, I really uh, so I knew I knew I wanted to kind of build a startup, but I, my whole vision was to build like a really cool e-commerce like clothing brand. Mm. Like I wanted to be kind of like the next like Ralph Lauren, and or like make the next I don't know, uh, make the next like J Crew or next whatever, right? And that was kind of what why I chose to study computer science, and then I also worked at J Crew my freshman year too to just kind of learn more about the clothing industry. Mm -hmm. Kind of fast forward, you know, through Georgetown as I started to learn more about the technology industry. I think what got me more excited was just like frontiers of technology and kind of more hard tech as opposed to e-commerce. So yeah, like I think from there, I just realized that you know the kind of skills that I wanted to develop would kind of come down to like you know my ability to just write really cool software but then two just my management people skills and communication skills and so that led me to get involved with the student government it let, led me to you know join uh, alpha and you know kind of led me to really dive into student government as president mm -hmm. and then kind of the one last big involvement that i had senior year was in a, a, a organization called georgetown ventures mm. which basically incubates georgetown's like kind of coolest startups at the time and we give each of them like a student team so yeah like i think my kind of why was just to learn more about myself but also you know kind of dive into different opportunities that would help me you know become a better leader dope so going quickly going back to your time as the student body president uh if if I remember correctly former president bill clinton is also uh, an <laughs> alum of georgetown yeah and he was also a, a student body president, right? So he he actually lost. So the, the <laughs> so so the former president of the United States lost his his collegiate election. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It's yeah. It's very interesting. Which is one of the things that is kind of brought up to like the groups that get second place. I was like, oh yeah, but Bill Clinton also. Oh. Also. <laughs> Didn't win the election. It's kind of like, oh, it's kind of like when people say like, oh, like Michael Jordan didn't make this varsity team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But but so that that's interesting because, yeah. like, just just knowing like the the brief history in that regard it is it's a very highly like coveted after position, and, and so at least from at least from the outside looking in, it seems like it's pretty like highly coveted. Would would you say that's fair? I think that's fair. Okay. And what were some of your biggest takeaways in regards to like coming from into like from high school into college you wanted to become a better leader and now you've achieved in theory one pinnacle of leadership success at georgetown uh in terms of this in relation to the student body so like yeah just, just kind of like what, what, what were some of your takeaways from from that time do you think you grew as a leader because of that or um and what have you 
Um, yeah, I think definitely. Uh, yeah, certainly. And so more context on that. So that I was running for Georgetown Student Body President in the spring of 2017. And so, yeah, I think since Audacity Project is about kind of talking about like mm-hmm. relevant social issues. So the big, I mean, the big thing that we were, the big thing on the top of everybody's mind on campus was how would, you know, President Trump's like executive actions or whatever he was doing impact like our student body. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, one of the top issues that we were focusing on was just making sure that Georgetown would be just a safe space for all types of students, regardless of, you know, their identities or, you know, where they come from, all these different things. So I I definitely did not pull up to Georgetown thinking like, oh, I want to be student body president. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think, a big part of what, like, led me to do it was just realizing that, like, I could kind of rally a, a base around these kind of common, common ideals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, you just kind of fall into it. It's like you ask your friends, like, oh, who's running this year? And it's like, oh, not that many people. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. It's like, oh yeah, well maybe we could do it. Is that what happened? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it, it, it literally, like, we we're just we just kind of realized, like, oh snap, like we could rally a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I think the going back to like the biggest thing that helped us get there was like we just had the best team and we had the most fun. Mm. Like our campaign parties, <laughs> bro. <laughs> we, yo, we we literally we had Snapchat filters of me and my running mate Jessica and Dino. So shout out Jessica. We had Snapchat filters of me and Jessica dancing. Uh huh. And like we had them at all the parties and like yeah, it was it was real fun. That's dope. What was, and and I I for me I love to get like just a holistic view of of just reflections and what have you. So uh, upon reflecting and being like a couple of years removed from that time as student body president, what would you say? is something that you did extremely well as a leader and then what's something that you think you could have done better as a leader as well man so i think i did so things i did well i think i think making sure that everybody felt hurt was something that i mean that's the most important thing for i well rather i i would argue that's the most important thing for that role Mm -hmm. just being a like going to bat for the student body and being somebody that anybody can come to i think that so we we also were able to get a lot of we were able to either start or move the uh move the needle on like a lot of very important um issues like for example we were able to get uh some funding for students who did unpaid internships which is a big deal in dc Mm -hmm. because a lot of internships are unpaid which only like a certain you know subset of the student body could do Mm -hmm. we were able to get some funding for um like the uh, student psychiatric services, like all, all these different things. So I think a big part of what helped us be successful in that regard was just being really organized and creating presentations and, and presenting to administrators. Man, in terms of things I could have done well, I think just management. Mm. And like the, it's actually like in terms of leading a team, it's actually, there's just a lot of administrative things that you need to do well in terms of how, Clearly, quickly, efficiently, you communicate, making sure that everybody understands their expectations. Like all, all these different just things that you wouldn't know, like unless you had to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I definitely, if, if from when I started to when I ended it, I think just management was one of the things that I grew the most in. And I guess looking back, could have done better on. Oh, gotcha. What was one of the funnest parts about that entire journey? Man. On both sides, from like also like when you weren't the president and trying to become elected, or uh-huh. when you actually were president. Hmm. So, uh, I think some of the most fun things were, so I mean, so you mentioned um, President Clinton. So I actually we got to meet him and like uh, rap with him for a little bit. And really, okay, yeah, like that. So that was that was real cool. Like, um, just kind of being privy to like a lot of different, I guess. Uh, like if if for example like if somebody was visiting campus like sometimes administrators would like do an intro for us mm-hmm. like I got to meet a couple uh, a couple like VCs who came to campus things VCs like that VCs meaning venture capitalists gotcha yeah just investors uh, who are interested in entrepreneurship um, the most fun part of running man we so more context like so this was early spring like January 2017 so that was like right 
when culture dropped. And so when we were going <laughs> to hang up our banner, like we had Bad and Bougie blaring, like all in front of like Healy Lawn. Really? Just going, going stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just moments like that are a lot of fun. Got you. And so after, let's see, that that's 2017. So that was from your sophomore to junior year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, basically to the, basically pretty much to the end of junior year. Okay. Gotcha. And then uh, after junior year, you end up taking uh it was an internship in the philippines yeah so through the beck center so i worked in the philippines for 10 weeks okay building gotcha. a website you, okay so you were building a website during that uh time period yeah exactly okay so you so after having like your your um experience in politics you decided to is it like would you say like go back to the coding aspect of things or were you just like kind of shifting from uh what, what you were yeah. doing for, like for the prior for the past year yeah, and that, and so that's like I wouldn't even necessarily call student association politics. Okay, tell me I, more. I mean it's more so you're, I, it's more it's really lobbying. Hmm. What's the difference? A lot like so we just we just argue with administrators and neighbors <laughs> all day, just trying <laughs> trying to make sure students can get, I don't know like, just <laughs> make make sure that stu- make sure that. Uh, uh, students didn't come out bad in in different deals. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so is I I mean I guess it's policy, but okay. But I I more so would just I I more so thought of it as just like a an advocacy role. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely kind of after that, I was focusing more on just le- less so on like the kind of management advocacy and more so on coding and startups. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that that summer, the Beck Center, their whole mission is like social impact and um, innovation. And so that was an internship where I learned how to build a website in a foreign country. It's so like we were building it for the a local government entity like in El Nido, which is a really beautiful part of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And then come back senior senior year and I was full more more so fully into Georgetown Ventures, like the startup accelerator I mentioned. Gotcha. And so then when you got back that senior fall, talk to me about just some of the revelations you had. Like what like what were what were some of the inflection points that you experienced during that time? Yeah, so a lot, a lot of them. I mean, just kind of naturally. Um, mm-hmm. It's a natural part of senior year. Mm-hmm. I think that I was one of the things I was doing a lot was just reflecting on the different areas where I made a lot of improvements and different areas where I made kind of smaller improvements and trying to figure out the best ways to kind of mitigate both of those and like kind of get. Uh, just make progress in like all the areas that I wanted to at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And so I th- I think about like one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that I was really realizing is that I wanted to be able to build technology that I couldn't build yet. Okay. Which is, a, which is a, I mean like if you, if you have like coder friends, you know this, but like if you see them like banging their head against the wall or like whatever, uh, cause they can't figure something out. Like it's a, it's a really, I guess, uh, it's a, it's a, it's something that like you love and hate about the field mm. specifically. Like one of the things I was trying to make senior year was like the equivalent of rate my professor for mm-hmm. black students mm. and call okay. it like black academics where, where you okay. could like rate, rate professors and like let, let other students know, Oh, this professor is understands or this, or you could just, you maybe flag a professor if they drop microaggressions or like different things that you don't necessarily see on rate my professor. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think, I think it would, I still think it would be cool and helpful and useful, but I think about I think about how I struggled to make some software like that, which isn't actually super complicated. And and it's funny I say that now, like in October, <laughs> but like back then it was very complicated for me, and I wasn't able to do it. And also, but the other piece of it too, like I didn't necessarily have the time to dedicate to it. Mm. So I say all that to say, I think just the inflection points where uh, I was realizing that for me to want to like work in the frontiers of tech that I needed to spend a little bit more time like honing my craft. Mm-hmm. And I even think about, so I was at, uh, I went to the Wolfram Technology Conference to give like a small talk. Mm-hmm. And um, Champaign, Illinois, like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like a college town. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I was just sitting out like on one of their grass fields, just like really thinking about like, wow, like there are lots and lots of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how many? What, like 7 billion? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big number. Facts. <laughs> and so, like, I was just, it, and it's funny, like, too, like, have you ever been in a, a place like that where you don't know anybody and you can just, like, really people watch? It helps you really kind of see the world 
I guess from the both the outside looking in and the inside looking out. What do you mean from the okay? I, I, okay, hold on. Just hold <laughs> on. <laughs> I've heard the term like outside looking in, but I've never heard from the inside looking out. Yeah, break that down for me because I still don't know what you mean. Well, I'm more so mean like. I was just, I, it was a really cool, like, I mean, because, you know, senior year, you're moving a thousand miles per hour. Mm-hmm. So always a lot of things going on. So that mm-hmm. for that entire week, I was up there in Illinois in what is kind of like a cornfield a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like really beautiful. And then University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign is like the area where the conference is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was just, I was just up there and like, it was really, uh, really cool, like uh, kind of oasis week of sorts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, so if you, if you, if you you can just people watch in a situation like that and thinking back to like my specific moment where i was thinking about like the different piece of technology i wanted to build the different impact i wanted to build mm-hmm. then coupled with oh like now there are thousands of people walking around like and you don't know any of them mm-hmm. those type of moments make you remember how big the world is mm. and so some of the i guess uh doubts that i had about like oh like if i build this technology like will anybody like it what that got replaced by was oh if i build some really cool technology somebody will probably definitely like it wow okay you know what i'm saying because yeah. there are just that many there's lots and lots of people that's a fact and it's yeah um i say all that to say it was just it was really reflective time uh that senior fall gotcha and i i think you i, I remember you telling me about a specific book that you yeah. were reading that ended up being like a very like impactful uh, sort of moment in your senior year fall journey. Uh, mm-hmm. do, do you remember what the book was? Yeah, it's called. It was called Work Less, Do More. Okay, gotcha. Why yeah. Why was that book so impactful for you? Um, well, okay, more context. It was. It was kind of. I so I went on like a book shopping spree. Um, I think that summer before. Oh yeah, like so right before I went to the Philippines, I just like cashed out on a bunch of books because mm-hmm. I because so because the place in the Philippines we were didn't have Wi Fi and like I just wanted a bunch of books. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so that was one of the ones. It was kind of clickbaity, but like the there was this one exercise where um, Dr. Yeager wanted you to list out like, oh, what are your career goals in five years? What are your career goals in three years? And then she broke it down to like one year and six months. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like that that specific book made me think about like, oh, if I'm trying to run like a big, big or even just like kind of successful like startup in five years, well, what what would I be doing the year before that? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, if I'm doing that in four years, like, what would I be doing next year? And then then kind of coupling that with where my coding skills were, like, at the time, and just realizing that, like, oh, like, I need to make a change. Mm. So what was that change? Well, so kind of, so specifically that following the, following my senior fall, I uh, took a leave of absence from Georgetown and moved to Atlanta to work in a really cool, like, startup accelerator space. Hey, good people, sorry for the disruption, but we gotta pay some bills, so we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. If you've ever found yourself stuck between wanting to get your gaming fix, but also wanting to prioritize your physical fitness, you're not alone. However, I think I've got the perfect solution for you. Zombie Sprint is an immersive augmented reality mobile game with over five hours of gameplay designed to get you up and to get active. You can play either indoors or outdoors, and it'll feel just like you're attacking zombies, but in real life. Grab a group of friends, and not all of y'all can fight off zombie tyranny. Go to the iOS app store and download Zombie Sprint today, just to get a small taste of what autoplay technologies has to come. So, let me make sure I understand that what ended up happening was you read this book, and you like it, it just in a cornfield <laughs> in a cornfield and, and it just and it just forced you to like really think about like where you wanted to be and if what you were doing now was getting you to like where you wanted to be fast enough fast enough okay and so that and you ultimately decided that you had to with the semester left in school you had to you had to walk away from it yeah i just i didn't need to put it on pause okay um i could imagine that you got all sorts of different feedback Man, I did. <laughs> I, well, well, I got the big. The I got a lot of all sorts of negative feedback. <laughs> what, what was some of the uh, feedback that you heard? Um, uh, we're just just uh, why are you doing this? Like, uh, uh, like, I mean, just the the classic. Uh, I don't think you should. I wouldn't. 
if I were you. Mm-hmm. Just the whole the whole range of, and because it, it was it was, I mean it's, I think easy, okay. Kind of fast forwarding to now where I'm about to release a really cool video game. I think it's, it will be easier to explain it mm-hmm. than it was back then. Why? Just because I think um, one of the things that I have found is that uh, just and I I kind of read about this, but like it is in human nature and like human tendency to question things that aren't stabilized. Mm. And so, you know, back, back in senior fall, I had an idea of what I needed to do and like idea of the skills I needed to hone, but I didn't have a very good sense of like what it would look like or how I would make it happen. I had a very rough plan. Like a, I, so I knew that, um, I have a, a auntie out in Atlanta. Um, her name is Auntie Trina. Shout out to Auntie Trina, who gave me like a place to crash in Atlanta while I was working in a place called The Farm, mm. which is uh, it's a collaboration between Comcast and Boomtown Accelerators. So they basically run like an early stage uh, startup accelerator slash co-working space in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. And so like I just knew that I, I wanted to spend some time in that type of environment where I could learn from just like hackers and people who were running startups. Okay. So like... Hearing that, it's like, I can say all that, and you still really don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fact. So, yeah. So, going back to just this idea of leaving school, and you've gotten all sorts of different feedback, in particular negative feedback, how how does that, uh, how how do we sort of like wrestle that with your sense of self-direction at that time? Uh, because it seems like you were pretty steadfast and everyone yeah. not even seems like you definitely yeah. are steadfast. Yeah, in you have to be. Yeah. Something like that. So, and so how did you stay grounded in knowing what you needed to do for yourself, despite what the entire world or what it probably, well, I'm assuming felt like the entire world was telling you to do the opposite. Um, I think, well, so I think that part of it, part of it is just my personality. Mm-hmm. Part of it was part, part of it was my like lived experiences. Um. Yeah, because even just like kind of the stuff we've talked about up to now, like, so like for example, like I ran for Georgetown student president as a sophomore, yeah. and like most people run as juniors, and like a sophomore hadn't won eight years, and like all different people were questioning me, like, oh, like should you do it now? Like should you wait? <laughs> like ah uh, ah. Uh. But then like after you win, everybody's like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> like the whole the whole script gets flipped. Yeah. Um, I think that was as one of like my most formative experiences, like it was a, it was a case study of like kind of what comes from taking a bet on myself. Mm. So I definitely thought back to that a lot. And once again, like you have to stay steadfast in it. I think, um, maybe also too, from like a, just a, like an existential standpoint too. Like you think about just part of the human condition is to always think about like the what ifs in life. Mm. Like, Oh, like what if I do this? What if I do that? would that have been better? Like, oh, I could do this. And you can put yourself in a tizzy. Mm-hmm. You can just, you can, question, questioning too much can lead to inaction. Obviously not questioning enough can lead to recklessness. And so I felt like I was at a good middle ground. Gotcha. Take me through your first couple of weeks out. Because uh, it's one thing to go from like ideation, right? Yeah. And, and then another <laughs> thing to actually like create the plan. So creation um, then the last piece there, the implementation. So at that point, you were already ideating prior to that. You ended up creating a, a, a rough plan by your own uh, admission here, and then you finally implemented that plan. I, I think oftentimes... Still implementing, people, but... Respect. I know what you mean. I, I think that oftentimes whenever people are thinking of taking a leave of absence from school or uh, quitting that job, uh, something that gets them... As as you said, like in a tizzy, is just that idea of like what that first couple of days yeah. is gonna look like, what those first couple of weeks look like. So, what did that first, uh, what, what what did those first couple of days and couple of weeks look like for you? Um, so they were a lot quieter. Mm. Just the the world wasn't spinning as quickly, mm. which for me was a good thing. Um, but so like I mentioned, so I was at my auntie Trina's house. Um. She lives in like a a suburb of a, a suburb of Atlanta, and so I had gotten a connection to um, a woman named Marie who runs who's like the 
the manager of the farm and like just kind of reaching out to her and because also more context like i was deciding between like a couple different um places Mm -hmm. where i could work and like meet other founders and um ultimately like kind of did a tour of the farm and like kind of fell in love with it Mm -hmm. and so i was spending kind of like half half of my week out there and then half working from monty trina's house she has like a really nice home office so yeah it was uh i mean it it was like it was actually pretty similar to Georgetown minus the classes, minus the parties. Okay. And then, but then also too, kind of just thinking about like the other thing too that I was really doubling down on was just researching markets mm. and like different trends and um, industries that I was interested in. So like, I I kind of think about how you know like you remember um, back when you picked your major. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, like picking picking a field is kind of like picking a major, because if you think about something like computer science, like, man, I could take it anywhere. Okay. Like every industry needs software or IT or something like that. And mm-hmm. so it kind of, it literally made me feel like it again, where I was just like, okay, like what sector is on the up and up and what sector I'm interested in? And that is what led me to fall in love with like video games, mm. but like learning some of the economics behind it and also the development behind it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, I think it's really interesting. Like I got to Georgetown thinking I wanted to do like e-commerce and like make the next uh, polo. But mm-hmm. then, oh, like I actually really enjoy making video games. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I've always, I've always loved playing them, but I right, never right. really thought about making one. One in like, did you have like a eureka moment or an aha moment that let you know that like, oh yeah, video games is going to be my next hustle? Man, so let me think. Um, Kind of. So, uh, one of the one of the companies that did the Farms Accelerator is a really cool startup called Fanaticus. Uh, they do VR and like they they do like fan experiences in VR. Okay, it's really cool. So like, think um, if you like Harry Potter, like you could hop on pop on like their headset and then now like you're playing Quidditch. Really? Or is that the name of the sport? No, no, I'm, I'm saying like really like that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's their product. Like that's their thing. Okay, so you put on the the virtual reality headset and then you can like play as like harry potter yeah. or like whatever okay gotcha gotcha yeah, like but they do it for like a lot of different things that's dope yeah really dope yeah yeah like so just learning learning about you know stuff like that and then coupling that with my interest like i'm really so one of my favorite video games is like call of duty mm-hmm. um and like you know me and my friends like we we spent so much like too much time <laughs> too much time like just playing like video games growing up yeah and so like i really enjoy them i've played played them less now than I did like when I was a kid but like I still enjoy them and and now I more so play games on my phone like uh like mobile games mm-hmm. that I can get from the app store and so yeah like though that, that was one of the verticals that I was researching into and how like mobile games have been growing just like at exponential rates year over year learning about some of the economics behind them like how you can drop a free game and monetize it with ads or you can you know do cross console and like drive traffic to encourage people to buy your like $59 console like all these different things that you can do mm-hmm. so yeah it just it just got me interested and then and then kind of going back to the hacking piece like the implementation piece being in a space where I could like get some feedback on my code base from other developers was huge mm-hmm. oh yeah, well so. what did what did your uh support system look like during this time so uh, of course you like you had your aunt that you were staying with yeah but so I mean so just your yo know, friends family day ones okay yeah like Shout out my LBs, shout out, uh, yo, just shout out everybody, shout out my friends from MUS, like, friends from Georgetown, like, just, because, also, more context, like, I think one of the, one of the difficult, um, one of the difficult things about, like, taking a leave of absence was also, like, leaving my really close friends, mm-hmm. who I, you know, had grown with from when I was at, like, just hilarious kid walking around in 97 degrees in a suit <laughs> to like the man you know i am today and like mm-hmm. you know having to leave that senior fall was really or sorry that senior spring was really rough and so yeah like everybody would check up on me and say like oh like how's atlanta like you know what I'm saying when are you coming back to visit like ah, uh, uh. mm-hmm. and so yeah that was a huge support system i'm glad to hear did you <clears throat> or have you found yourself questioning your decision at all during this journey yeah definitely in what ways? I mean, just kind of, I alluded to this earlier, but like, it's just, I mean, any, I mean, it's, 
especially it, I think about any any time you make a decision, like if you eat chicken tonight instead of salmon, mm-hmm. like you can you always just think about like, oh, what if what if I had done differently? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think about kind of the there there uh, another thing about kind of bigger decisions like this, like bigger than chicken um, mm-hmm. versus salmon, is like the inertia behind uh, a decision like this, and so. Yeah, I mean, I think about how the response to that is to just really make the most out of the situations that you place yourself in. Because I think about like how if I had if I had stayed at Georgetown, I definitely would have questioned that. Mm-hmm. I left Georgetown, and I'm questioning this. And so, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it goes both ways. It goes both ways for sure. And so, at any given moment, like you can only use the information you have and like the goals that you have to make the best decision and then i think like i mentioned like a big part of my personality is to just dive into it see this this is interesting uh because hearing you talk about it reminds me a little bit of uh, my interview with keegan carter on episode two uh, of this podcast i love that episode oh you actually got a chance to hear it oh of course oh man <laughs> let's get it okay uh but but uh if you remember him talking about some advice that he got from one of his friends about like him questioning if he should or shouldn't do this, if this is going to be a waste of time, but ultimately coming to that conclusion that um, as long as it's not hurting you, everything is additive. Yes. And and that's and that's what it sounds like is, has very much been a concurrent theme for you in terms of just like the choices that you're making. Like, of course, there is always that what if, but uh, you just kind of got to press forward. That's big facts. And I think I, w- I guess I would add to it. I would add to that statement. Like every everything is additive and like one of the things I brought up earlier too, like I, but it's also too, like you have to think about how quickly do you want certain things mm-hmm. and like kind of build a plan around that. And yeah, I think about, yeah, for sure. Go, yeah. Going back to you wanting to have this company in five years, like from that time in which you were really reflecting on it, why did you want it that quickly? Hey, shoot. <laughs> um, And so, wow, that I so that that is a subset of a of a bigger question I think around okay. like that that I think deserves uh some some talk to or or some um some time to just just I think so the short answer is because I think I can do it. Hmm. That's that's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which like um some people may question, some people may like doubt. But like I, I think that I can do it, and part of it is because I've seen it happen before. Mm-hmm. So there's precedent for it. Like it kind of the same way I mentioned. Like so, I was I ran for Georgetown Student Body President as a sophomore. It had it had been done before, mm-hmm. just not in a while. Yeah, yeah. And so I think about like, you know, building building a really big startup. It happens, and nowadays it happens like actually more often, where, you know, after just kind of dedicating yourself to a, a set of problems and learning the space and like building connections in the in that ecosystem, mm-hmm. you can set yourself up to have like some really good relationships. Like I even think about, you know, it's it's wild. Like Microsoft blew up really off of one big contract. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I don't know the history with, with IBM. That's what that's what took them over the top. One of the things, okay. like, because they, I mean, from that one contract that that is, I don't know the numbers, but it's it's hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year from one contract. Oh wow. Which, it's, you know, it's funny, like, everybody celebrates that contract day, but there's so much that goes into that, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's what, I think it was something like eight years of work that led them to be in a position to close that contract. And so as I think about how, you know, five years from now, I might be, I might be in a position to be competitive for an opportunity in which I don't want the inhibitor to be that I didn't go hard for the previous five years. Okay. Yeah, so that's so that's why. <laughs> that got you, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I never knew that, but I'm I'm glad that I did ask you that. Um, coupled with like that idea of like you don't want that to be an inhibitor because you want to go hard now. Uh, for as long as I've known you, I've known you for that that sort of hardworking and relentless mentality in pursuit of just anything that you put your mind to. Uh, some might even call it obsession. Is that a fair de- uh, 
d- description of it uh, of that mentality that you have? Um, I say yeah. Tell I think it's. I think is it would. It would. I would. I. It would be hard for me to call it otherwise. It's just that. I mean, that's just. It's such. It's a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> like the second you hear obsession, it's like ah, oh, like. Oh. <laughs> but at the same time, like. I think maybe uh. Maybe a better word would be like immersion. Like like let's use that. Okay. Uh, why why immersion <laughs> over obsession? I just, it's the connotation. <laughs> he said it just feels better. Yeah. <laughs> but but in all honesty, I yeah. I think I think is I think yes, and sometimes to a fault even. Is there such a thing as healthy obsession? Man. Um. So and the, and and so it's funny too. Like I I am I I don't know off the top of my head, but I imagine like the dictionary definitions would put those two words as like antonyms. Mm. Right. Like I think the whole idea of like health is or at least one recurring like metaphor in health is like finding balance and, mm-hmm. and kind of temperance. You know, I think about just like the Aristotelian like virtues, like, you know, they kind of they kind of talk about temperance. Mm. Right. Whereas obsession is kind of looking to push the limit of things. And so, yeah, I mean, I think this is very relevant, especially now, because we live in this just kind of social media era where in any field that you're interested in you're just inundated by the best of the best and seeing that all day every day can kind of question like it it can it can force you to start to question like how well you're doing and Mm. and then that reinforces like the obsessive i guess tendencies so i think i i would say maybe something like a healthy obsession would just come down to uh, I think just like some kind of self-awareness and trying to find moments to unplug and to think about, kind of think about like the why behind things and also to just like take a moment to reflect on whether or not like the past week or month or whatever has been overall beneficial for your person. Speaking of that intentionality piece and that yearning to question why, is have you given thought to your uh, obsession with like your own pursuit of success and like building a startup and trying to find that healthy balance? Ha- like, have have you specifically been trying to be intentional about finding a healthy form of obsession? Yeah, I think I could definitely do better. Yeah, but I I definitely think about it, and it's too I so because there are a couple things there. For me, I think about I think about at least my my philosophy on kind of startups and and any given like kind of product that I'm working on I I think of them as um kind of like marathon training mm. where in the sense of like the at any any good product will last like for a very very long time mm. and so the goal then is to create systems that are sustainable and so if at any point along the way something is unsustainable like that will have a ripple effect and so yeah i think i i give a lot of thought to that now how that translates <laughs> maybe not always the best but i definitely think about it gotcha i've also heard you mention this idea of having a quote-unquote social obligation before uh can you get into that a little bit yeah i mean like i i mean from just when i was a little kid like even if, if you ask like my first grade second grade third grade teachers like about me like they always say like oh Kamara was like the whiz kid uh uh um it kind of started out uh as what I would call just like luck and not a product of me like putting the work in but like obviously that changed as I got older like I I would put the work in which would make me better mm-hmm. but like kind of fast forward to now like yeah definitely I feel like yeah I gotta put kind of it's, it's the whole idea of like you're you try to put your city on your shoulders, like try to put, you know, put on for your city. Mm-hmm. And then too, like I also think about my family all the time. Like I really want to set my mom up to retire early. I want to be able to sew into like, you know, different initiatives that my friends have going on, like all that. Like, you know, it, I think about how <laughs> going to Georgetown, we definitely, we definitely know a lot of people who are going to be running for office at some point. Mm-hmm. you know like being able to sew into their campaigns like shout out shout out to Othniel, like my lb um i can't wait till he becomes president one day hey let's get it um 
know what I'm saying? Just so yeah, I, I think about I, I do think that I have a social obligation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to to realize my potential. So the so the social obligation is to realize your potential because of the impact that you can then have on the world, essentially. Or am I missing I, something here? Well, see, I or just I, I'm kind of well. This sounds bad. <laughs> I'm kind of cynical. I mean, I feel like just people people throw around like, oh, like we changed the world, we changed the world. I feel like that that gets thrown around mm. so much. Um, so one of my roommate in the Philippines, uh, one of the things that he's he told me that stuck with me a lot was he was like, I may not be able to change the world, but I can change the world around me. Mm. And so yeah, I, yes, I just wouldn't add the I'm gonna change the whole world. Maybe I will. Gotcha. At the very least, you're gonna change the world around you. Exactly. Let's get it, man. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. Man. When he said that, I was like, "Oh snap, snap." Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so kind of going back full circle, then, um, and going back to the idea of just changing the world around you. Let, let's bring it back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation. What brings you to the bay? For sure. So I have a really cool video game about to drop called Zombie Sprint. So if you ever play like Call of Duty Zombies or Last of Us or Everwatch Walking Dead or anything like that, um, it's kind of that same concept, except it's a, it's an AR video game for mobile phones. So if you ever if you have you have you ever played? Do you play Pokemon Go for like that summer when it was hot? I knew a Pokemon Go, never played it though. Okay, but like so AR is basically where you have the characters or the graphics or whatever on top of the camera. So, okay, I know you have, like, Snapchat filters, right? Yep, yep. Where you can put the little dog ears on your mm-hmm. face and stuff. Exactly. So that's AR, where you put the graphics on the camera. Okay, so that's augmented reality, for sure. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so Zombie Sprint is about to drop. And so I've been basically working on that. Uh, that that was, like, the kind of first video game that I decided to kind of solo develop. And it's something that I've been able to really kind of learn the ins and outs of, like, from just the design to the... Oh, like how do we? How do I store like the high scores on people's phones? Like mm-hmm. little, little stuff like that that you wouldn't expect to like give you a headache. Does <laughs> um, I say all that to say? So I applied to YC and let them know kind of. And YC is Y Combinator. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sorry about that. So I applied to this uh, investment uh, opportunity, letting them know kind of the broader vision for my startup Autoplay is to build out just like these really immersive gaming um, gaming worlds and like gaming experiences that are outside of the kind of traditional scope of like sitting in front of a TV and like, you know, using your controller. Mm -hmm. But so Zombie Sprint will be really immersive where, you know, you can run around and they'll follow you, all that cool stuff. So yeah, that's that's what brings me out to the bay. I really appreciate you, you know, give me a, a place to crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem, man. I'm 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 excited for you. Just being able to um like the like the time that we've had together in terms of like working on different projects and working together in different capacities um and just to be seeing you out here just honestly i wish y'all could see like the way that he lights up when he describes uh zombie sprint and, and just like the passion that that's so fervent uh on his face um that's that's something that you can't you can't put a price on that so like i'm, I'm super super ec- ecstatic for you thank you um and, and so as with anything this is an opportunity to you know field an investment being able to take the company to a, a different level being able to have all these different connections or like whatever the case is if you were under the y combinator umbrella um just to get a better insight into your pedagogy what would happen if y combinator doesn't work out uh well so which by the way is like statistically the likely outcome i i so I think that if Y Combinator doesn't work out, like obviously, like I'm still full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. I've been preparing uh, really, really hard for it, and I f- I feel I feel prepared for the interview. Like I'm gonna bring a lot of energy into it. It's just it's a really competitive uh, it's a really competitive landscape. So this is actually my second time applying. I applied as a sophomore with another idea, and they kind of like to see that repeat application um, interest. Mm-hmm. Um, like something like 40% or like half of the companies they take in had to apply more than once. Um, and so, yeah, I think at, at the very least it's a learning, it's a learning experience because like, Mm. so it'll be basically just like me in front of these Y Combinator partners and they're just going to be grilling me and all this cool stuff. And it's very brief. It's like, uh, I can't, I'll have to look. It's like 
it's I think it's ten minutes. Ten minutes and and then is there like another round after that? No. It's a it's a quick talk. Uh quick talk and then hundred fifty K is on yes. the line. That yo, they they're <laughs> they're really playing with the chip. They, yeah, yeah, they they're play just, with the money, bro. They, they're, they'll really just dap you up, and it's just like, oh, I like them. Like, yeah, because I mean, also too, like, just more context on how kind of VC firms are uh, motivated. And like, they one one really successful company pays for ninety nine bad companies. Hmm. So like, they they invested in Airbnb, they invested in Dropbox, DoorDash, like a, a they have a really kind of laundry list of robust success. portfolio. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like just one one of those companies gives them all their money back and more. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, so basically my hope is to convince them that, you know, this is the next EA, hey. the next electronic arts, next Activision, next honestly, actually, scratch that. This this is the next autoplay. Let's get it. I was just about to say, you beat me to <laughs> it, man. Like, yeah, nah, I got you. I got you. This this this, this is gonna be fire, man. I can't I can't wait to hear how the how the conversation goes. And I have a lot of faith in you, with or without uh, y Combinator or any other that. like venture capital firm. Um, I, I think it takes takes uh, a lot of um, audacity, if you will, uh, to be able to walk out on a leap of faith, um, being close to like one apparent finish line in, in, in the college graduation and that not being the actual finish line that you want for yourself and, and being able That's to well like said. to to self-direct and, and go on to the path that you feel is the best for you. And so, of course, like, these things are cool. Like the success is going to come. It's already preordained. The money's going to come. That's already preordained. You don't need external validations from like a Y Combinator or a, I don't even know that the venture capital firms, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I, 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 I say all that to say is like, I believe in you. So I'm, I'm excited to see like what they're without them. Like what you, what you sort of undergo. That means the world, man. Yeah. Um, I know, I know you're interviewing me, but one one of the questions I've I've actually had for you is um like just could you just tell me like how is how has Google been for the past couple of years like how has that shaped your you know uh just kind of startup mentality because I know that Google is obviously a big company but mm-hmm. there are it's a lot of the companies you work with are you know early stage companies and you're kind of helping them build out their ad presence right like mm-hmm. yeah I'd love to learn about that yeah for sure it's um. It's one of those things that Google in certain pockets is a big, can have like that startup like mentality. Uh, but at the same time, this is a very, very, very successful company doing a hundred billion plus like year over year Sheesh. going crazy. And you don't do that by accident. <laughs> you did you do that with a lot of intentionality and, and you have a lot of systems and processes that can enforce said intentionality. Um, and, and so I think about it being like coupled in like both ways because on one hand, like I'm I'm just the middleman. Like I'm I'm learning from this system that has all these sort of rudimentary uh processes and, and effective mechanisms at that, like I, I do have to admit, uh, in giving these to small to medium businesses that are still trying to find their way and, and vice versa. Because there are also some things that are done at the early stage that you can't necessarily do and implement at like a company like Google's uh, sort of growth uh, uh, fold, if you will, because there's a lot of different things that you have to consider. Like now this is a global brand name. These, this, this is a global company. Like you can't just get things done as quickly as possible because there's a lot of different and, and a lot more considerations that have to be done. So in terms of just like, how's it been for me? It's been a really uh, dope learning experience. I've, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about the digital advertising landscape. Um, and, and I've learned uh, just what it would take for me to want to get back into entrepreneurship full time. It's uh, because like now having the taste of of what it means like to work like for a big company and, and a company that's been very successful in that regard and learning from some of the top leaders out there and learning from like my peers, like they go crazy. I learned yeah. so much from them. Like I can't even put it, can't, I can't put a, 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 a price tag on the people, but um, I, I've learned that it uh, like, I kind of have to create my own opportunity if I want that to be the next step. Um, and, and so I've been doing that a little bit with continuing to do speaking engagements, continuing to sell uh, books um, with the latest undertaking, obviously the yeah. audacity project and being able to do yeah. this on the side, but it's by uh, the way, I, I loved it too. Uh, 
Wow, you actually read a 10. Cover to cover. See, and y'all... <laughs> <laughs> man, yo, shout out. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Um, so, so just being able to to do all those different things and like continuing to like now use what I've been learning at Google into how I go about like creating my own sort of processes, creating my own uh, small business, if you will, is, is been a blessing in and of itself. Um, and so I'm just, I'm just truly thankful for the opportunities in, in which I've really had and, and the people in which I've been able to meet and the knowledge in which I've been able to acquire, man. Man, that's huge. That's, that's awesome, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. That Wow. <laughs> that, that oh man just shout out shout out to you man because it is uh and you know obviously uh georgetown is predominantly white mm -hmm. google is the same way correct i i don't know the exact demographics um i think it's i think it is majority white and okay. then it's, it's not majority black Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, right, I was yeah. you're yeah, a trailblazer yeah. is what i'm is what i want to bring up uh no nah, i wouldn't say all that man <laughs> I, I appreciate that, but no, nah, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I most certainly wouldn't say all that, but I, I appreciate it, though. Um, something I, I do want to, like, ask you, though, is what does success look like for you in this phase of your life? For sure. So I have a very specific list. Really? Yeah. So I want to be able to generate enough revenue to pay for my living expenses and saving. I want a Rottweiler and a Doberman. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to send some funds to my family mm -hmm. and I want to be able to travel with like a really good travel budget. It's okay. like cash out. Gotcha. Like overseas, just going stupid. Respect. <laughs> now does, if you don't get these things, does that mean that you haven't reached your markers of success? Or It means there's room for improvement. Okay. Gotcha. But I actually, I mean, I think one of the things that is helpful for me is to have because I, I, I don't feel like it, it's very, uh, okay, another thing, I guess, kind of looping back to something we mentioned earlier is it, nowadays it's very easy to to feel like you're on a treadmill where, like, you're working very hard but, like, not making any progress. So, mm -hmm. like, I've, I've written down, like, the specific things that I want to be able to do. Mm -hmm. and, and not all of them are money-related. So the things I just mentioned were because uh, I think that word success just carries – in the society, like a, a monetary mm -hmm. um, kind of tone to it. There are other things, too, that have nothing to do with money. Like, so, you know, I want to be able to continue, like, building relationships with the people that, you know, mean a lot to me. And I want to, you know, be able to, at some point in the next, I don't know, like, seven-ish years, like, get a wife. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I actually, I think it's good to have let, that. I have a, a list of things that to, success looks like to give you a, to keep that at the forefront and like what you're striving for is that reminder. Yeah, and oh. it's and there and the other thing too. There is a lot of there is a lot of um. There's a lot of happiness between like I guess now and there. It's not that like absent those things, mm -hmm. it's I'm unsuccessful. But it's like once I get there, it's like cool. Like I'm I'm in a really good spot. Yeah, okay. I got you, man. And not to get like too existential with you or like too philosophical with you, but um I, I know you did was it that you minored in philosophy? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I so I, I'd love to just like, yo, Kamara, like what what's what's the point of all this? Like like why do you do what you do, essentially? Um, so I uh in terms of like the point of all this, I don't necessarily know that there's a I don't necessarily know that there's a, a external point. Like, I don't think that you can find it on a map. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of value is actually um, self, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Self-derived? There we go. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So for me, I guess I'll, I'll say for me, it is to kind of just scale the Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. to try to hit the top and then i'll figure it out because mm. i don't i i actually think it's okay to not have all the answers mm. like right now um because some some things just like take time to reveal themselves right like um i think about how so okay i'll specifically kind of in relation to my work and like my craft etc is like 
I'm, so I'm making a really cool, what I think is a really cool, like, mobile video game. And if there's one person who downloads it, plays it, and, like, for two weeks, like, this is their favorite thing. Like, I think that is a intrinsic, like, good. That's mm. not, like, for me, instrumental in any way. Like, that is, that's, like, really cool. And so the point of, like, all these lines of code is to, like, achieve that and, like, reach that. Um, Yeah. And I, I just think, like, the point of all this is to, like, really find those moments where you can just, like, kind of feel feel loved and, like, feel happy and then cherish those. Are you happy? Yeah. How do you know? Oh, man. Uh, it's just a feeling. It's hard. I mean, it's, and it's also hard to put into words. But I think I think about context a lot and, like, how far my ancestors, like, or ra- rather how much my ancestors fought and, like, how far that we have come, like, both my nuclear family but also kind of expanding out uh, from there, like, my, yeah, my uh, what do you call it, my extended family, like, my, you know, just the kind of black people and then expanding even from there, like, southern people you know what i'm saying like at, mm-hmm. at every given point like we have made a lot of progress and and that puts me in a position where i can go out and work on a harebrained startup idea as a as a like 22 year old mm. like that's i think that's so lit at, at what other point in history could i do that great point <laughs> fair you know point what I'm <laughs> Big facts, man. see i'm very happy all right man well kamar it has been a blessing bro yeah Thank i you. appreciate it Dang, this is I love the Audacity project. So it's it's really cool to be a guest. I appreciate you, bro. Man, <laughs> man, make sure you uh keep keep us all apprised. Keep uh me, the entire Audacity project family. Uh keep us all apprised of what, what ends up happening with um not even just like YC, but we're gonna make sure that we uh support the download once uh the zombie sprint drops, all right? For real. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's dropping on November twelfth. So I'm dropping it on my alphaversary. Hey, yeah. okay. All right. Shout out yeah. intentionality, man. Yeah, you know, that's all. Yo, I learned a thing or two from you. <laughs> Since the time of this recording, Kamar has actually released his first mobile game on the iOS store entitled Zombie Sprint. He remains steadfast in his decision to take a leave of absence, and he's really having fun with it. In part two of this series, we'll find out the outcome of the Y Combinator interview and get up to speed on his current fundraising endeavors. But with that being said, Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of 2024 The Audacity Project, and I'll catch y'all in a couple weeks. Happy Black History Month, and let's get it.